everyone, and welcome to episode 32 of the Badland Girls. I am Rhea. And I am Destiny. And Destiny is now free. (laughs) (laughs) For two more weeks. Yes. She is free. free. She is free from this job that was weighing her down for another few hours before she has to start a long, long process of uh, school stuff on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) It's a three-year program. Uh, Yeah, no, I uh, quit my job that I was at for eight years. Wow. Um, I know. It's crazy. And and then I'm going to start another job in two weeks. Uh, But before that, uh, this upcoming Monday, we're recording on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. I start grad school. So... I am just going to be a busy bee. You are. You're going to be a very busy bee. In uh, one of our text threads, uh, Destiny was talking about all her new books and how excited she was. <laughs> oh, I am so hyped. Like, I'm listening to an audiobook about a therapist right now. And it's like the therapist writing about some of her experiences as a therapist and going to therapy. And I'm like, just hype. Ah. Like, such a hype. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and my book is about intentional interviewing and counseling uh settings and i'm just like i'm ready i'm ready to learn that's such an interesting specific topic i really like that yeah if there's anything interesting i will share with you because i just i don't know I'm, i'm a huge nerd for this topic and i'm really excited to study it and i hope grad school doesn't kill me uh i don't think it will your spirit is strong i believe in you (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I just finished reading this book called The Iron Widow. It's a YA book by um, uh, Ziran J. Zhao. And it's basically like Pacific Rim. If Pacific Rim was extremely hateful towards the patriarchy, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Uh, I mean, everybody knows when I saw Pacific Rim, I kept saying, I wish this movie's fine. It's like kind of dumb, but I wish it was more hateful toward the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought of when I was watching it, too. Um, it has a lot of Ender's Game kind of vibes to it, which I enjoy. And it's the first in a series, so I'm curious to see how that goes. But the most surprising thing about it is that instead of doing a traditional uh, YA novel love triangle which grinds my gears uh they're just in a polyamorous relationship and it was very well written and i loved it that's awesome yeah it that is i don't think i've ever seen that before in a ya novel at all i i was really shocked when it when it happened it's not a big secret or anything (laughs) and i I think it's i mean there's probably lots of kids that are born of these relationships. And I have a friend who, I'm just not going to say names or anything, but I have a friend who has two moms because her parents are in a polycule. Oh, wow. That's cool. I just, I liked it. I thought it was very cool and a very definition of the future of, uh, of YA novels, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that was, a, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I um, haven't been reading much. Like, I uh, 
I need to get my meds adjusted, I think, because I just have not been reading at all. And this audiobook is like the first book I've picked up in months. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you'll be reading a lot soon, though, because <laughs> you don't yes. have all those books. <laughs> I have no excuse. Ain't that the truth? So uh, before we hit record, you said you had a Sims update and I need to know what it is. Oh, okay. So where I don't know if I've talked about what my Sims have been up to in a while. Like, okay, where, what, like, I don't know. What do you know about my Sims? Was one of them a vampire? No, I don't have any vampires. Okay. I, I don't have that in my Sims 4 game. But anyway, so I started playing this game where I had this family and they had like cows and chickens and they lived on a farm in Hinford on Bagley and they had a son. So that son ended up growing up and moving to Newcrest, which is like the suburban Sims town. And he ended up marrying a lovely lady named Annika and they raised two daughters, Amira, whom they adopted, and Chloe. Uh, Amira grew up to become this like very uh, prolific painter and a writer. And Chloe grew up to pretty much become uh, the sim lady version of Steve Jobs. She <laughs> became like a uber tech guru, making video games and plugins and apps. And every time she went to work, she just dressed like Steve Jobs. And uh, she married a pink haired girl named Miko. And Miko was a, um, goodness, what did Miko do for a living? Oh, she was a, a PR agent for a TV station and they ended up adopting a daughter together named uh, Fiona. And so this whole time, my grandpa Sim at this point, he's a grandfather. He lives, he lives, he's still alive. He's long lived, which is a trait they can unlock by maxing out the fitness aspiration. And they just live a really long time, Mm -hmm. but they do this thing. Uh, I bought them this telescope, a very fancy telescope, where they could stargaze, and they love going out and looking at the stars. And one day, Knox went outside. This is my grandfather, Sim. He's Fiona's grandpa. Uh, oh, and by the way, he's a widower now. Annika passed away. She died in Fiona's bedroom when Fiona was a child. It was very tragic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but her ghost still haunts the house. Um, And his parents are buried right next to her. Um, But anyway, so Knox got abducted, uh, which is something that happens to your Sims. Is it because of the telescope? Yep. Okay. Okay. And so this happened and I was like, oh my God, this is weird. And I didn't know much about it. And I looked it up and they said, oh, there's a 25% chance if your male Sim gets abducted, he will come back pregnant. But I was like, oh, that won't happen because he's an elder. He's, you know, elder Sims can't get pregnant. Uh, nah, girl, he came back pregnant. <laughs> so his pregnant elderly Sim. Oh, and by the way, this happened literally the same week I watched maybe the third or fourth episode of Star Trek Enterprise in which a male character unknowingly becomes impregnated by the first alien race that he like encounters. God, who was that? 
Trip. I thought it was Trip. What an idiot. (laughs) No, I mean, like, they didn't have sex. They, like, literally, he put his hands into these, like, little pebbles and she read his mind and next thing he knows he's he's got a alien baby in him so like it wasn't his fault <laughs> uh so my sim put his hand in the pebbles and became pregnant so he gave birth to fiona's aunt a lovely sim that i named siobhan and then i'm like okay he's gonna die like i'm just gonna let him you know he's gonna he's a, he's had a lot of jobs he's been a bartender a chef he's been a athlete he's he's done so many jobs he's very active and like i have to make sure he doesn't work out because old sims if they work out they like get really uncomfortable and they might die from overexertion and so when he's bored i have him either arrange flowers or you know mess around with the telescope so siobhan ages up into a child i don't know if you know the sim life stages but it's a baby toddler child teen young adult adult and elder okay so, so siobhan ages up into a child and all of a sudden Knox gets abducted again <laughs> and i'm like there's no way he'll come back pregnant again there's only a 25 percent chance i looked it up online they he won't come back pregnant also he's so old he's so old and this house is so full i have six sims in this house it's too many sims uh, it's really hard to take care of that many sins. He comes back pregnant again. <laughs> and there's an option to give the baby back to the home world. But as soon as, as, soon as he gives birth to this beautiful blue baby boy. <laughs> Wait, is Siobhan blue? I'm like, uh, Siobhan is purple. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Siobhan is purple and bald and she glows. And uh, as she ages, she unlocks weird alien abilities that I am just now discovering. Okay. But, uh, so he gives birth to a blue boy named, uh, what did I name him? I named him Elijah. Okay. So he has another son. So he, his daughters, Amira and Chloe are siblings. They're, they're almost elders and their siblings are like children. And then Fiona, who is an adult now, has two children as her aunt and uncle (laughs) (laughs) so that's what's going on with my sims right now and nox is still alive well i think the lesson to be learned from from this and from nox is that life doesn't end at 40 (laughs) (laughs) it sure doesn't my aunt called me on my birthday and said that she goes you're almost 40 it's time to start something new. And I, I thought that was inspiring. <laughs> oh my God. Like, maybe you should get rid of this telescope. <laughs> what if he gets abducted again? If he gets pregnant again, I will not keep the baby. I will send it back to the home world. I will send it back to the home world to senior pollinator number three, who is the name of uh, senior pollination technician number three, who is the mother of the alien babies. Okay. Like, is he traumatized from the abductions? Um, while he's pregnant, he seems really uncomfortable. Because they don't say he's pregnant. Like, the mooplets are like, he's uncomfortable. He's got weird changes happening to his body. Some weird weight gain, a weird tummy ache. Like, they never outright say he's pregnant. But the pictures on the mooplets are little pacifiers. So you know he's pregnant. Okay. But I I think he's going to die soon. I don't (laughs) think he's going to 
I don't think he's gonna get abducted again. Oh, you say this now, and then you come back in two <laughs> weeks with another update. Well, he had another alien baby. <laughs> and I kept it because I didn't have the heart to the whole world. <laughs> wow. I, don't know. I have no room for like no more. I like this house. I've built so many rooms onto this house. It looks crazy. <laughs> So you're in this crazy, gigantic house with two yep. alien babies. What do the neighbors yep. think? The neighbors are probably... Well, my, okay, so the cool thing about sim aliens is they can disguise themselves to look human. So a lot of our neighbors don't know my kids are aliens because uh, okay. I usually have them disguised. <laughs> so Invader Zim style where you have yes, like... But, yeah. But all our close friends know. Okay. <laughs> wow, this is fascinating. I did not know this was a thing you could do in Sims. And Oh yeah, there's there are vampires and werewolves and uh, aliens, but I only have the expansion that allows aliens. Amazing. And of course you would only have the expansion that allows aliens. It goes with your whole brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, well, I don't if he dies or not or if he has another abduction with a baby or not. I want an update next couple weeks on what oh, yeah. is happening I, in the I, sims i plan on raising multiple generations of honey cuts that's his last name okay. in in this house so i i will give you updates as long as i'm playing okay <laughs> awesome i love this thank you so much <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> uh but let us get into our regulars uh destiny what was the last movie you watched the last movie i watched was merrily we go to hell <laughs> What is this? It is a 1932 pre-code film from Paramount, uh, directed by Dorothy Arzner, starring Frederick March and Sylvia Sidney. So people who probably don't know anything about 30s cinema, Sylvia Sidney, you would know her from two Tim Burton films. She was in Mars Attacks. She was a very old lady. Uh, and she was in, uh, excuse me, she was in um, Beetlejuice. She played the caseworker, Juno. Oh, cool. Yeah, so if you, if you don't know her as a young lady, you'd know her as an old lady. Okay. Uh, she lived until about 1999. But yeah, it's, it's a, and, and Frederick March was in um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. Which is a big film in the, thir- he did a bunch of movies, hundreds of movies. But anyway, it's about this like, couple uh that is torn apart by the husband's alcoholism and he decides like he goes sober when they first get married and he's super charming but then he becomes a famous playwright and his ex is cast as the main actress in the play and he starts drinking again and it fucks up his marriage totally and so he starts cheating on his wife with the leading actress and she's like oh you going cheap well, I'm going to cheat, too. So they have this, like, weird open relationship that's very fraught. And uh, if you don't know what pre-code means, I, film history second corner, film history corner. Uh, Rhea knows this, so I'm telling her stuff. She doesn't, she already knows. Um, before the MPAA that did all the film ratings, there was the Hayes Code, which was this essentially run by the i believe it was the catholic church yeah it was run by some sort of church it was weird yeah and and they essentially had like do's and don'ts and very strict rules for what went into movies 
So from the ni- the mid-1930s until about 1969, the reason why any movie you've seen between those years is so clean-cut and couples are in separate beds and nobody talks about sex and nobody really cusses and there's not a- any nudity unless the film is European or not American, I should say, is because of the Hays Code, because they had rules. Like, if you committed adultery, you had to be punished. If you committed a crime, you had to die. Um, there were, was no drug use. If you, were, if you were a drug user, it had to be implied. It couldn't be spoken. Homosexuality had to be implied. Wasn't, and, 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 you know, they, Hollywood cleverly would get around this. There's so many films that, like, address issues like homosexuality and addiction that exist, but everything is, like, really really heavily implied so when i say pre-code uh it means the films were produced before the hayes code there was a national review board that reviewed the films but they weren't as strict as the hayes code so the pre-code films usually have a lot of sex a lot of drugs a lot of adultery a lot of crime going unpunished and um the criterion channel this month has a whole bunch of ones uh pre-code films from paramount so I'm really excited to like get through them. And this was the first one I watched and it, it was a really good movie. Nice. I've never seen a movie by this director and this movie sounds amazing and I'd like to see it. I uh, watched a few pre-code films as part of this film streams class. And one of them was uh, Babyface with Barbara Stanwyck. And like Ooh. that movie's plot is literally in the beginning of the movie. She's very poor and her father on his deathbed says, sleep your way to the top. And uh, she does. And uh, <laughs> of course, that movie suffered horrible cuts because of the Hays Code. But you can find an intact version nowadays. Thank God. <laughs> but it's a really good movie, too. Yeah, that uh, the pre-code films are a lot of fun. They are. Yeah, I agree. And Dorothy Arzner, um, she worked from the silent era into the 1920 or excuse me, the 1940s uh, when she retired. And she was the only a woman director working in Hollywood at the time. Mm. Um, And she made 20 films before 1920 or between 1927 and 1943 launched the careers of Catherine Hepburn, Rosalind Russell, Lucille Ball. And she was the first woman to join the director's guild of America. Also the first woman to direct a sound film. Nice. Nice. Fun facts. I love fun facts. You know, I do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah I, I i i this was my first of her films i believe that i've ever seen oh, um cool. i'm not gonna go through her filmography to like confirm that but i'm pretty sure it's the only one i've ever seen nice but yeah uh very interesting well uh interestingly enough i've been watching a lot of uh the universal classic horror films so i've made it through frankenstein bride of frankenstein wolfman Invisible Man and Creature from the Black Lagoon. And some of these I've seen before and some of them I haven't. And that's been a really enjoyable experience as well. But the movie I want to talk about is, uh, it just came out on Friday. It is the latest Pixar movie called Turning Red. uh, Directed by the woman who directed the short film Bao. About the little Bao steam bun that comes to life. And she raises it as a son, which is also really good if you haven't seen it. (laughs) Turning Red is about a... 13-year-old in 2002 who uh, discovers that one day discovers that uh, her family is from a line of of this mystical red panda that 
when they have a strong emotion, they turn into a red panda. And it's basically her dealing with this discovery and deciding what she wants to do with her future. And I just absolutely adore this movie. If you were a teen coming of age in the early 2000s and you loved anime like Fruits Basket or Ranma One Half, like this movie is like a love letter to you. (laughs) Is that why it's set in 2002? Uh... I don't know why it's set in 2002, to be honest with you. I was a little shocked when I when I saw it in the beginning. And, um, like, I think part of the reason they set it in 2002 is, like, a large part of the, the plot revolves around uh, the main girl, May, and her friends trying to, fi- trying to get to a boy band concert named Four Town. And so I definitely think they were trying <laughs> to kind of hit, like, the era of when boy bands were at their super peak, you know, like NSYNC, That's, Backstreet Boys, and stuff like that. That is funny. It I remember was. O-Town. Remember O-Town? Yeah, of course I remember O-Town. <laughs> I never listened to any of that shit, but, like, <laughs> I remember it being very popular, and I probably could sing every single one of those songs. Oh, my they goodness. they were everywhere. Oh, yeah, they were all everywhere. And, uh, so it was a good movie. I... I saw ads for this and i was like this looks like the cutest movie it's super cute it's super good the animation is gorgeous it's a love letter to being asian to being a teenager to just being kind of a nerd and having a group of really best girlfriends it's so good i was so touched by this movie i loved it so much this is on disney plus this is on disney plus yes Okay, I'm going to seek it out. Okay. Because, um, okay, so I have a Roku. And um, you can have themes for a Roku. And sometimes when they're advertising something or there's a holiday, the Roku theme will change. And my current Roku theme is an ad, like an ad for this movie. It's just a beautiful set of the movie, like an outdoor scene. And it's got the cute little girl on one end. And then when you scroll, you can see the red panda on the other end. And I get so happy when I see the red panda. Oh, it's adorable. <laughs> like, it just, there's just so many, like, I, I read an interview with some of the creators of the film. And they were talking about the anime that inspired the movie and it was no surprise that like Fruits Basket was on it and like Ranma was on it because both of those anime and manga deal with transformations and uh, I just I, I, I love the inspiration and I, I it just you know there's a lot of you know I love all these Disney and Pixar animated movies but you know when they've done like a nostalgia kick it's usually like a little bit outside of my time you know and this one was just set when I was a teenager and I just adored it to pieces. Yeah. I went to high school from 2000 to 2004. So it, it definitely will hit some of my nostalgia buttons. I'm sure. Yeah. Once I get around to watching it. Oh man. It was so good. I was so mesmerized by it. And there's this really great scene near the end of the movie where she's like running over rooftops, which is such an anime thing to do. And it was so beautiful the way it was animated. I absolutely adored it. That's awesome. Well, shall we move on to our jam? Sure thing. All right. And now it's time for Ah, Badland Girl. Badland Girl. That's That's my my jam. jam. Destiny, what is your jam? My jam is um, called You Will Never Work in Television Again. Whoa. Which is... (laughs) 
it, it is the new single from the band The Smile, which is uh, a project that Radiohead's Johnny Greenwood and Tom York decided to um, put together because they missed each other during the lockdown. Oh. And they enlisted this drummer, Tom Skinner, uh, who's from a jazz band called Sons of Kemet that I've never heard. <laughs> but um, they uh, put this band together called The Smile, and the song is super, like, I don't know what genre. I mean, it's rock, but it's, like, really drum-heavy, really um, kind of sneering, and, like, I don't know how to explain it. But it kind of reminds me of... Um, 2006 era Radiohead, so it, it makes me happy. Nice, um, and it's it's good music. Um, they have a few other singles out uh, that I, that are also really good, but this one's my favorite because it's just really. Um, I, I'm like moving back and forth because I can't find the words, but it's just like a good time, just a rocking good time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that description. Are you kidding me? Oh. oh, it's so cheesy. But yeah, no, I uh, that's what I've been listening to. What's your jam? Well, my friends, uh, Orville Peck has released a new record, and it is Ooh. great. And uh, What's it called? Bronco. He released it in two parts. So I listened to part one, and then part two dropped recently, like within the last couple days. And uh, I have yet to listen to the whole part one and part two together. But I watched the music video for one of the songs on part two, which is called Curse of the Blackened Eye. And it is, oh, it is perfect Orville Peck. It is slow. It is sad. It has a lot of Roy Orbison vibes. It shows off Orville's amazing vocal range from low to high. And the music video is suitably weird and sad. Norman Reedus from The The Walking Dead is in it. And (laughs) it's just amazing. I loved it so much. I love his voice so much. And I don't listen to a lot of country music, but he is going to get me to listen to some country music. <laughs> yes. I love him. He's so good. And I I loved yeah. it. I loved it. I love it. I can't wait to listen to the whole thing. But that song is so good. Just like so moody and like, you know, dancing alone on the hook rug with a flashlight. Let's reference, tw- let's reference Twin Peaks. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> oh, that's funny yeah yeah oh man that's awesome i'm gonna have to check that out please do uh so today's meat and potatoes was actually inspired by turning red and may's absolute adoration of of the boy band foy town four town four town and uh it made me start thinking about Destiny and her big crush she had on Gwen Stefani back in the day. <laughs> Which From I eighth grade to twelfth grade. Oh yeah. And it just led me thinking to to like celebrities that I had a crush on as a teen. So that's what we wanted to talk about today was our celebrity teen crushes. I thought it might be a fun topic. Oh mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. Uh do you, I actually really want you to like what got you into Gwen Stefani and why did it it, it was a, it was long going, my girl. My goodness. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, when Tragic Kingdom came out in the mid '90s, I saw the video for "Don't Speak," and I remember thinking it was a great song, but I didn't necessarily 
have feelings like you know i was pretty young in 1995 i was nine years old mm-hmm. um so i don't remember when the crush came about it must have happened well let's see i realized i wasn't straight in probably the late 90s um and just i don't know she was there and and she's a, a good looking lady uh, <laughs> and she had all those different looks and it was just she was in all the magazines and so i would always make collages of pictures of her and my friends would always say oh it's not a destiny notebook without a gwen stefani collage and <laughs> bless I, I i couldn't tell you specifically what it was about her she, she just was cool she was a cool girl doing cool shit yeah that's actually what drew me to her too because i have a couple of crushes i want to talk about where i just wanted to like be this woman because oh yeah i just thought some crushes do you want to be this person you do want to be with this person yeah exactly (laughs) and gwen stefani was one of those women where i was just like i want to be gwen stefani and it all traced back to a cosmo girl uh cover story that she had it was a advertising the return of saturn album so she had that pink hair she looks super yep. gorgeous in that pink hair. And they were just talking about her songwriting and how she loved writing songs and how meaningful it was. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. And that was actually the album that got me hooked on Gwen Stefani was that. And, and of course, Cosmo Girl did this cool thing where every cover person had a, um, a sticker sheet inside. So there were all these Gwen Stefani (laughs) stickers with her pink hair, and I put them all over the place. I just thought she was the coolest, so I totally get it. I I remember owning that, because I remember being so hyped for those stickers. (laughs) Uh, Because I think I bought that immediately. Um, I remember buying that album. It was the only No Doubt album I owned, because I wasn't allowed to buy, like, a whole lot of CDs. Unless, my mom had this rule. She was like, I don't really want you buying all this white music. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted like a rock album or something by a white musician. I had to buy it myself. So I had to buy that one myself. Um, Just funny. Just, oh man. And yeah, I remember the pink hair and I remember she went solo and she had that video for um, the song. Oh goodness. I can't remember the song, but she had like a bunch of different looks and they were all inspired by like Marilyn Monroe. Do you remember this video? Was it It's My Life? No, it wasn't It's My Life, but you know what? Maybe it was. Okay. It might have been. Okay. I don't remember, but, like, I just remember every time I was on the phone with my friends and that video would come on, they would, like, interrupt us to be like, hey, it's on. Go watch it, Dusty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but goodness. Yeah, I just loved her. Oh, my gosh. And then the crush kind of diminished, like, because you get older and you realize, like, celebrities are kind of ridiculous and i didn't like how she had like the cabal of japanese women following her around what the and like fuck? yeah just kind of she was just kind of yucky and then wearing the bindis and like i understand she had an indian boyfriend and like his mother was cool with it and stuff and he was cool with it but it just kind of like rubbed me the wrong way the older i got so the crush kind of diminished mm. but that was a huge one and it was an intense one nice it was pretty much the first girl i like outwardly crushed on <laughs> Interesting. I love that. Yeah, Gwen Stefani, actually, I've read a lot of interviews with her and stuff because she was on Bust, I think, a couple times. And she's actually fairly conservative in values. It's no surprise to me that she married Blake Shelton. And uh, yeah, I mean, that album she did, the 
her solo album. It's such a good album. I love it, but it's so dragged down by the fact that she had those Japanese women as accessories. That was so awful. Oh yeah, my goodness. it's really weird. And we didn't think anything of it at the time. I know. I remember. I don't know why, where the consciousness was, but oh, go on. I remember Margaret Cho made like a huge, uh, made a huge, like she railed against that. And she was pretty much alone in that. And all I could think of yeah. is like nowadays, Gwen Stefani, she'd be no one if she actually did that today. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So. Yeah, good for Margaret Cho. Margaret Cho, always sticking up for the underdog. I always know. Uh, somebody I've admired for years, even before I was a comedy nerd. I've always loved her. Yeah, she's always been real um, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to put some, like, embarrassing crushes in here because I have to... I was, like, I spent a lot of time deep diving into this. To be honest with you, I don't have <laughs> a very long list because the sad truth is I was crushing on a bunch of idiotic boys in my class <laughs> <laughs> to really to really uh, focus on celebrity crushes. And also, and this is completely 100% true, and I know it's hard to believe, but I did not crush on any boy bands when I was in high school. I did not like NSYNC. I did not like Backstreet Boys. I did not like 98 Degrees. I did not like any of them. Hanson, none of them. I liked Spice Girls. Yeah, me neither. I thought Spice yeah, Girls were cool. Yeah, I liked the Spice Girls too. Yeah. Yep. And I didn't realize I was queer, but yeah, no, I had like weird pre- pubescent spice girl crushes i'm sure Mm -hmm. um but yeah uh definitely no boy bands no boy bands in this badland girls episode yeah so that's why i know it might come as a shock since i'm like oh bts is so cool but literally bts is the first boy band i've truly liked i (laughs) i do not like boy bands on the usual so anyway uh but before then so when i was like 13 and 12 i was watching a ton of fucking anime so much anime just one anime, really, Ranma one half. And so I totally had a cr- anime crush on Ranma himself and the other main cutie boy of that series, Ryoga. <laughs> I, I felt weird about it for a long time, but then when I go on TikTok, I see a lot of people talking about how like a lot of their first crushes were cartoon characters, like be it from Sailor Moon or this one guy said She-Hulk was his first cartoon crush. So now I feel more secure in saying saying that some of my first crushes were anime boys, but it's true. That is adorable. (laughs) My first animated crush was Jessica Rabbit. No lie. Oh yeah. I didn't have the vocabulary for it, but I had a crush on her. (laughs) What are some other teen crushes you had? Oh my god. So the second girl I outwardly crushed on and had a collage in every notebook for was Scarlett Johansson. Oh my goodness. Oh. And like, I don't know how long it lasted because it didn't last very long, but it was through all of high school. Like, my friends, uh, my friend Elsa and I, we started the first Scarlett Johansson fan club on Live Journal. Um, which nobody liked because it had like a bunch of in jokes that she and I liked. <laughs> um, and like just obsessively watching her movies. And this was before she blew up because like she hadn't become like the Marvel queen she is today. She hadn't been in any Woody Allen movies. Like she had not, she had just been doing like little indie films like Ghost World and Manny and Low and um eight-legged freaks like she'd barely been in anything so like it wasn't like it was easy to find stuff with scarlett johansson um 
in the early aughts. But, you know, as she got more famous, it became easier and it was a lot more fun, like, because she was just kind of, she just kind of blew up. She was just everywhere. But I didn't like the aesthetic she had chosen. Like, she went really blonde and, um, okay, so full disclosure, I was a teenage Woody Allen fanatic. Mm. Um, and I read his biography, um, a few different biographies of him. And I remember thinking, something's weird about this guy, but I'm still going to watch his movies. Like, he's a weirdo, but, like, you know, I'm just, you know, I, 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 I could separate the art from the artist or whatever. Um, but when she started, Scarlett Johansson started defending him against, like, accusations of child abuse and some of her other actions, that's when the crush completely died. Mm-hmm. It is complicated so one... liking her because I think she's a brilliant actress, but man, she is, well, like most of Hollywood, uh, elite, quote unquote, liberals. She's a dumbass. And yeah, she's a dumbass. <laughs> so, I mean, just like, love you as Black Widow, don't love you. So, I just... Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't even have the Black Widow love. I was kind of, I was, I'm so over her now that mm. I can't even enjoy that. Mm. Oh man. But but yeah, no, that was a huge crush I had and um just absolutely loved her and um let's see everything she was in and I had a friend that shared the crush with me and we just we had a good time crushing on her. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh I remember like I have a vivid memory of having a huge crush on Keanu Reeves when I saw him in The Matrix. I, oh, he's cute. I never, I'd seen him before, obviously, in Speed and shit, but I think it was just because I was, you know, a, a teen, and I was watching him in The Matrix, and he's so hot in that movie, and I was just like, he's, <laughs> I remember sitting there as a 14-year-old, I'm like, this guy is so hot, how come I never realized it before? And uh, I was not the only one, all my friends at the time, when they saw The Matrix, they also had huge crushes on him. In fact, I remember one of my high school friends, Rachel, coming over to my house, bringing over a VHS tape of Johnny Mnemonic, which is a, a real goofy movie, everyone. And Johnny Mnemonic. And as we were watching it, because I had never seen it, she took out a folder full of printouts of Keanu Reeves and laid them out in <laughs> front of us as a companion to the movie. <laughs> That is so funny. Printing out pictures of the boys you liked. Oh, man. Yes. That takes me back. Like, we had so many pictures of the damn Strokes. We loved the Strokes. (laughs) We had such crushes on them. Oh, the drummer, Fabricio. I had um, a live journal icon of him. It was one of my first live journal icons. Because when I joined live journal, it was back when you had to have a code. And I was in high school, Mm -hmm. like 2003, I think, my junior year. And this girl thought the icon was me and just kept hitting on me and hitting on me. And then one day she got my AOL screen name and like started chatting with me and realized that I was not a hot um, boy with curly black hair, but just some weird girl. And she just stopped talking. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, the early days of the internet. (laughs) Yes. Isn't that funny? Yes. But yeah, no. Yeah. Just so many... Oh my god, yeah. Um, that's hilarious. Yeah, I... Printing out pictures of Keanu. Yes. Uh, my biggest crush, though, celebrity crush in high school, was Elijah Wood. 
And part of it, well, see, it kind of, it kind of like, it was, it was because of the Fellowship of the Rink, which came out when I was in, the first one came out when I was like a senior in high school. And I liked him a lot in that. But what really tipped it over is around the same time, Josh Hartnett uh, was also like a huge teen heartthrob. He was in that disturbingly long, terrible Pearl Harbor movie that I saw twice with my friends because they had such a huge crush on him. My God. And I will admit he was cute, but I'll never forget. It was Christmas and we always had a Christmas sleepover. That was our thing we did in high school. And my friends had gotten me a VHS tape. Oh my God. I'm old. Of the faculty, the Robert Rodriguez movie about the aliens that invade that small school. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. I saw it in the theater. Ah, me too. So they got me that. I hadn't seen it in a while. And the reason they got it for me is because they wanted to show me just like how smoking hot Josh Hartnett was in that movie. And then what happened? I walked away with a huge crush on Elijah Wood, who was also in that movie. He was, yes. I had friends with crushes on him. And then like everybody used to say the boy I dated in high school looked like him. But I never had a crush on him in high school. It's kind of interesting. He was in a ton of movies. I respected him as an actor. I loved The Ice Storm. Oh, yeah. uh, The Faculty and just about everything he was in. And he was a child actor. So like I'd seen a lot of his kid movies. Me too. But like. Never had a crush on him. Yeah, I don't know what it was. My big male crush is hilarious and embarrassing. Oh, oh my God. Wait, hold on to it because I have one more story. We're going to get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one more story about Elijah Wood. So my senior year of high school, I was in this uh, accounting class where it was one of the few classes we had where we all had computers. And the class was very boring. And so I, they blocked most websites, but I knew of an Elijah Wood fan site that you could go to where you could play Tetris on the fan site and it would make a picture of Elijah Wood with every level you completed. (laughs) And so that's what I would do uh, when I was bored in the class. And then my friend saw I was playing Tetris. And then she, another girl, saw that she was playing Tetris. Before you knew it, the whole class was playing this weird Elijah Wood fansite Tetris that grew from me. This one jock, whenever he played it, would always say, good son, great movie, great movie. It got so bad that our teacher had to specifically request that that IP be blocked from our school, from our computers. That is comedy goal. oh my god and i was like it just grew out of control like i don't think no none of the people outside of the girl who saw me do it none of them knew it was me they just it, it would nobody questioned it it wasn't even like a thing it was just so much fun the tetris that like nobody questioned it or like weaponized it as a way to tease me it was just like ooh tetris and i guess elijah would so it's a particularly <laughs> wholesome memory for me and it's so funny I have um, a question yeah. about your teenage crushes. And then, well, I have two, but I'll do this one first. Okay. Okay, so what was the worst piece of media you ever purchased or exposed yourself to just because the person you had a crush on was in it? Oh, my God. That is such a good question. It, if you need time to think on it, I already have an answer. Okay, let me think um, about it for a little bit. You go, you go ahead. I watched a movie... I believe it was called, um, hold on, True Colors, <laughs> about 
this guy who has an affair with his best friend's wife and it was just like a shit movie and the only reason i watched it was because in high school me and my best friend got went to blockbuster grabbed every vhs with james spader's name on it and watched them because we had such a thing for james <laughs> so i've seen a lot of bad early 90s erotic thrillers oh. just because james spader is in there what was the thing that got you into james spader he's hot have you ever seen him? yes seen pretty in pink of course that is us was it that Beautiful was it pretty man. in pink was it pretty in pink that got you um pretty in pink was one of them uh we watched Sex, Lies, and Videotape. We watched Crash, the weird one. <laughs> the, the, um, the superior one. <laughs> the big one was Less Than Zero with Robert Downey Jr. Um, I remember watching that a lot. Like, we had live journal icons of James Spader in Less Than Zero. Oh, he was wow. the drug dealer in that movie. But yeah, oh my god, we love James Spader. Secretary had come out when I was in high school. I had no business watching that movie as a high schooler. <laughs> But I'm glad I did. It was, um, let's say formative. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is so fucking good. Stand by that movie it's till I die. Movie. Yeah. But it's not, I would not let my high schooler watch it. <laughs> it's so, oh, it's a lot. Oh yeah, no, that's good. But yeah, no, no, no. True Colors is a bad movie and I only watched it because James Spader was in it. And White Palace is just okay. It's saved by, um, the grace of Susan Sarandon being in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also just a bad erotic thriller from the 90s. Uh, but yeah, watched a lot of early James Spader. Oh, my golly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't... So my uh, friend, Hillary, she didn't get crushes very often. So she had a huge crush on uh, Oliver Wood. I don't know his real name. But it's a minor character in the first Harry Potter movie. He's the All my friends had a crush on that guy, too. Oh, my God. Oh, I feel so much better. I never understood it. I don't even... I might have even had one a little bit just to, like, conform. I don't know. But all my friends were into that guy. Uh, yeah. So she was super into him because he had a really cute Scottish accent. And she dug out some weird indie movie that he was in directed by Alan Rickman, where he just played this minor role where he was a little piece of shit teenager and I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? What is the movie called? I can't remember. Uh, I'll have it for you next episode. I'll look it up. Oh, Jesus. Because I oh, think man. Emma Thompson was in it too. Mm, yeah, no, you're going to have to find that for me because I'm curious. I'm like, I might have watched that movie in high school. That's okay. why I'm asking because it sounds familiar. We watched a lot of... Um, middling Kira Knightley movies because after Bend It Like Beckham came out me and my friend Elsa both had a crush on her Mm -hmm. um and then she did a movie with my other teenage crush Thora Birch called The Hole uh so that was great Thora Birch um for those of you don't know she was Enid Coleslaw in Ghost World she was um the daughter in American Beauty and she was in Hocus Pocus and Monkey Trouble Mm -hmm. as a child uh, and, and I'm I'm still like waiting for her comeback because she was one of my favorite actresses growing up. She was really good. Uh, I'm sad she's gone. Big crush on her. Yeah, she doesn't act anymore. But like, I think she might be doing something in TV. I don't know. I looked her up recently, and it was surprising that she was like either looking for work or she was working. I don't remember. But 
that's somebody I miss um, and, and had a huge crush on. Um, and we watched a lot of Paul Dano movies because uh, we saw L.I.E. <laughs> when that came out and had a big crush on him. Uh, or not Paul Dano, the guy that played the friend in L.I.E., whose name I can't remember. He was like had a lip ring and we were like, that guy's hot. <laughs> You had a piercing, or if you were eyeliner and you were a boy in those days, like I had a lot of crushes on um, random pop punk boys for that exact reason. Mm. Yeah, I, I <laughs> one of the things I tried to scour my brain for was trying to find musicians that I crushed on, and it was not a lot. Like I said, I wasn't into boy boy bands, and I had a lot of like I want to be you crushes on like girls and stuff, like Gwen Stefani and shit. But like the only guy that I actually had like a crush on a musician is Brandon flowers from the killers. And I don't even really, he's really good looking. He is. I don't even like the killers that much, but I will, if you put on Mr. Brightside, I will start dancing frantically in the living room today. I don't like the killers either, but I remember thinking he was hot when that video came out. Yeah. Like when I was in high school, I was like, that dude's hot. He was Uh, so hot. Not my cup of tea musically, but he was a good looking guy. No, my, I had, Almost all my guy crushes were in bands. I had a crush on the bass player from Good Charlotte. Mm-hmm. I had a crush on pretty much all the strokes. <laughs> um, I had a crush on um, one of the guys from Lucky Boy's Confusion. That's another pop punk band. A lot of pop punk bands. Because um, I didn't listen to uh, pop music. So, like, yeah, all my crushes were in rock bands. <laughs> but that's that's how it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and only, by the way, Brandon Flowers to me, like I'm, I'm only, I only was attracted, and I'm still only attracted to him in the Mr. Brightside video. He went through this phase where he had a terrible mustache, and I'm just like, please no. Only yeah, certain people yeah. can pull mustaches off, and he is not one of it's them. It's true, it's true. My second question, yeah. if we're kind of done talking about the big crushes, yes, yes, is. Who do you think teenage Rio would have a crush on now out of all the like cute young celebrities? Wow. Because That's a- Destiny would be so in love with Timothy Chalamet. I was about to say Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> oh my God. He's too young. He's too young for me now. But holy fucking shit. <laughs> oh my God, girl. Same. I literally, that was the on the tip of my tongue. I would have a and huge one, crush on him. Dune, he looks so one, good. He looks so good. And one that I have, and I'm kind of weirded out about, because I think he's too young for me, is, um, oh my God, why am I blinking out his name? We need to talk about Kevin. Oh God, what is his name? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Ezra Miller. Yes. Oh shit. He's so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like those are the two, like, if, if you want to know what my boy type was in high school just look at Ezra Miller and Timothy Chalamet and you'll get it It, it's just really like feminine moody looking white boy (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) okay so I would definitely have a huge crush on Timothy Chalamet and my other one would be Tom Holland who plays Spider-Man I had a huge crush on Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland is like 10 times hotter than Tobey Maguire. I would have a gigantic crush on Tom Holland. That is funny. Yes. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Like, he's not really my type, but, like, I think the only time I was like, I could have a crush on Tom Holland was when he did the the Rihanna umbrella dance. Oh. And he had, he was essentially, like, wearing, like, um, 
tights and garters. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. And and that's when I was like, oh, I, I see it. I get it. <laughs> like, I was actually, I went to go see Uncharted, which he's in as uh-huh. Nathan Drake. And he has a lot of shirtless uh-huh. scenes in that movie. And I was like, I feel weird because you play a teenager in all the other movies I watch. And I was like, Put your shirt on, please. Oh, and some special shout-outs to some people I didn't mention, because I forgot until just now. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. um, Ewan McGregor loved him in high school, had a big crush on him. Not so much now, but I don't really have celebrity crushes currently. Do you? Like, I feel like you do. I do. I'm I'm, I'm blanking out. I'm like, I know I have at least, I've got to have at least one. Well, Chris Evans is still my boy, and uh, now Simu Liu is my boy as well. That's uh, a good-looking dude. Yeah, they're both really good-looking, uh, strappy men. Oh! Oh, what? Okay, I've got one. What is it? And this one's an old one that I've, I, I've been harboring since I was a teenager. Oh my goodness. Natasha Leone. Oh, dude, that's a great one. Holy shit. Yeah, no, I've had a crush on her since, uh, the slums of Beverly Hills. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> a... Interestingly enough, a, uh, a girl crush that has followed me from when I was a teenager, and it also relates to the faculty <laughs> until now, is <laughs> Clea Duvall. That woman Oh my rules. god, yes! Yes. Did you ever see But I'm a Cheerleader? Yes, that's what, like, cemented it for me. She was so good in that. Yes! <laughs> She's hot. Like, yeah, Clea Duvall. She directs movies now. She's great. Yes. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and, and Natasha Leone. if you haven't seen Russian Doll, season two is starting soon. I'm so excited. I got to watch season one. Fuck. Okay. Russian Doll is, I'm just going to sell it. It's this like super um, weird story about this woman who uh, is reliving her 36th birthday over and over Groundhog Day style. Mm-hmm. And every day at the end of it, when she lives his birthday, she dies. Oh, my God. Um. And, and and that's the plot. And it's great. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Okay. And I don't know how they're going to make another season of it. But they are. It's coming out soon. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm still reeling over Tim- Timothy Chalamet revelation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm like, every time I watch something with him in it, I'm like, am I going to jail? <laughs> <laughs> oh, for real. Oh, man. But, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and uh, going back to the disclaimer, I have since disowned Woody Allen, if anybody wasn't clear on that. Yeah. (laughs) He's gross. Put him in jail. It's hard to watch one of his movies knowing how gross he is. And... Yeah, exactly. It's impossible now. Yeah. Uh... Even after he's dead, I don't think I'm going to be like, oh, you know. And it's weird because a lot of my favorite movie memories are tied to a lot of his stuff. It's like, I just got to let that go. Yeah, it's like Greta Gerwig said... um, you know, she 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 apologized and and said she was sorry for appearing in one of his movies. And she's like, I'm not going to lie. He was a huge influence on my work and stuff. And she's like, but if I knew what I know now, she's like, I would have never have hyped him up so much. I would have never appeared in one of his movies. I feel really gross that I did. So. And you know who doesn't say any of that shit? Scarlett Johansson. Dude, I'm just like, who is paying you millions of dollars to say this? I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Oh my goodness. She's got her brainwashed. She's get... got her brainwashed. She is so dumb. Like, for an actress so good, why are you so dumb? I don't understand oh, it. She's dumb. That's not even the only thing I don't like about her. I just don't want to get into my uh, thing about Israel. Oh, God, that too. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Okay. All right. Anyway, anyway. 
cleanse this podcast of her. But <laughs> so this was a lot of this was a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoyed yeah. listening to our rambles about uh, our teen crushes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that this was fun. I uh, I'm gonna have to think of more adult celebrity crushes because I know I have a couple more, but like Natasha Leone is probably the biggest one right now. I love that that one has like guided you through your life. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, she she kind of she had a moment where I was like, ooh, is she gonna be okay? Because she was like really into drugs. I know. And had, like, a- a lot of problems and it was kind of scary for a minute there so i'm glad she was able to save her career yeah me too me too i really love seeing a comeback ditto a drew barrymore style comeback yeah uh but thank you for listening to this episode uh you can find uh our show on the abnormal Na- mapping network and at ab- abnormalmapping.com slash badland girls and we have all our other episodes on there and you can also listen to us on all the other you know podcast streaming sites apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher list goes on and you can email us at badlandgirls at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at badland girls on twitter or facebook message us on facebook at badland girls or we're on instagram now go there to Woo-hoo. see a picture of my mom in that tales from the hood shirt <laughs> i posted yeah that. we we posted some collages. I've been making more, so I might post them there. I don't know. Oh, please do. I'd love to I'd love to do that. I'd love to see them. Thank you. Uh but yeah, so check us out on Instagram as well. But uh <laughs> you can also check Destiny out on her other podcast, Repertory Screenings, which is also hosted on Abnormal Mapping. And Destiny, what are you watching? Uh we just did our Excalibur episode. How and was the that? The next one is gonna be it was so fun. Ooh. I loved that movie. Like, I thought, oh, this is going to be really boring. It's about King Arthur. No, that movie was awesome. Ooh, okay. Uh, and then uh, the next one we're going to do is The Lady from Shanghai, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. Ooh, cool. Very excited. Very, very excited. Nice. So check that out. Uh, but until next time, always, always pizza rolls. Pizza rolls. Woohoo.